today to This Needs to Be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it? We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Motivational Monday, and we're going to hear from Deanna Heiliger with her Mindset Minute. We're going to hear from Coach Tony Ussery, and, of course, we're going to talk politics with Valerie's son. So get your pen and paper out because you don't want to miss any of this as we kick your week off. Classes and session, as always. We'll be right back after this short break. Oh, and before we go to the break, make sure that you have downloaded and you told a friend to download the This Needs to Be Said phone app. Go to thisneedstobesaid.com, get the free phone app, download it to your phone, get the blue elephant so every time there's good news you can use, you will get that blue elephant popping up there to alert you. And then tell a friend, all right? Now we're going to the break.
I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. He may have more than a hundred piercings on his face, but it wasn't the metal detectors keeping Rolf Buchholz out of Dubai over the weekend. The tattooed German man whose 453 piercings earned him a Guinness World Record claims airport workers told him that Dubai officials were worried he practiced black magic. Quick! Somebody send Dubai the Harry Potter movies! Stat! Officials say a 22-year-old beauty pageant contest has been arrested in California after being caught on video walking comfortably in high heels while collecting workers' compensation benefits after saying she had a broken toe. The State Department of Insurance said that Shauna Lynn Palmer claimed she fractured a toe while working at a supermarket. A doctor issued her crutches and an orthopedic shoe, and she collected workers' comp. However, the agency said in a release that Palmer was later videotaped walking with no discomfort while competing to become Miss Toyota at the Long Beach Grand Prix. Now, maybe this is just a big misunderstanding, though. You know, maybe she was preparing for the talent part of the competition, which for her was walking. Yeah, maybe she's just really talented at walking, so it only appeared she wasn't in pain. When Shetland sheepdog Maggie comes home from the groomer, her owners praise and pet her shiny coat, much to the chagrin of Pitbull Stormy, who will headbutt her until their family cuts out the compliments. Stormy's jealous, said owner Amy Putnam, who lives 45 miles east of Los Angeles. You know you're supposed to treat your kids the same. Well, that goes for dogs, too. They get along great and go with the flow until one thinks she's being slighted. So they knew for sure that there was a problem when one of the dogs spoke up and said, You know what? I'm happy. Hooray. Police patrol cars are usually Fords or Chryslers, not Maseratis. So when a patrolman in Braintree, Massachusetts, spotted a Maserati resembling a police cruiser, well, he pulled it over. Deputy Chief Wayne Foster said the luxury Italian vehicle's body was painted black and white with a police-style shield on the doors and police-related decals. Foster said the door shield wasn't accompanied by the usual police phrase, protect and serve, but rather with Decepticons punish and enslave. The driver told the police who pulled him over that he was actually assisting police because other drivers noticed him and slowed down, thinking it was a police vehicle. The driver, whose name was not made public, was summoned to court to face a charge of impersonating a police officer and for impersonating a transformer. And boy, is Optimus Prime ticked. Researchers have found evidence that dinosaurs would use adolescent dinosaurs as babysitters. And if the Ice Age begins before we get back, Susie, you'll find some blankets in the hall closet. Most people suffer from jitters in the days leading up to their wedding, but one Connecticut man may have taken things a little too far. Tucker Blanford decided to call off his marriage to a Brit named Alexis Lancaster by faking his own death. He called Alexis and, pretending to be his own father, told her that her groom had been killed in a car accident. However, Tucker's story fell apart when Alexis called Tucker's mother to mourn with her, only to be told that Tucker was just fine. Alexis says she's going to hold Tucker to the phrase, till death do us part anyway. We're not sure what that means, but uh, Tucker, if you're listening, you might look into being fitted for Kevlar. 
If you're an ice cream fan and you find yourself in New York City, get to a restaurant called Bubby's Highline and order the Kitchen Sink Sunday. It includes 16 scoops of ice cream, pretzels, pecans, peanuts, chocolate chip cookie crumbs, chocolate and caramel syrups, rainbow sprinkles, whipped cream, and of course, a few cherries on top. This behemoth serves 8 to 10 people, or only one person if your name happens to be Darren Marlar. The fight for religious freedom has taken a unique twist in British Columbia. According to the Edmonton News, Obi Canwell, who is an ordained minister in the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, is fighting for the right to be able to wear a spaghetti strainer on his head in his driver's license photo. In New Mexico, Albuquerque Biopark Zoo employees said they've recently been finding puddles of urine near the polar bear exhibit. They believe it's from kids who could not quite make it to the bathroom. You don't even want to know what's being thrown around near the monkey cages. Well, very soon, voters in Scotland are going to be able to decide whether to remain with the UK or go independent. They could stay with the team or declare free agency. There's even talk that they might return to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Police say 43-year-old Rudy Chavez was arrested for robbing a 94-year-old Albuquerque, New Mexico man after he shaved and showered in the victim's home and left behind his fingerprints. Chavez held Glenn Miller at gunpoint while Chavez showered, shaved, dressed in Miller's clothes, and then left with Miller's car, television, and cash. Albuquerque police said investigators identified Chavez through fingerprints on the shaver and a bottle of mouthwash. He held the victim at gunpoint while he shaved and showered. How do you hold somebody at gunpoint while you shower? Think through that one for a while. An 86-year-old Utah woman became a first-time novelist by writing a steamy romance novel about a bored housewife. Georgia Garinge said it took her five years to write the tale of a woman who listens to talk radio and is turned on by the voice of a man she hears. And that voice on the radio, oh, he had a magic voice, and it just turned her on, Garinge said, laughing during a TV interview. Her adult daughter, Bobby Posey, is proud of her mother's accomplishment, but says that she was taken aback by the amount of steaminess in the book. Sometimes I'm like, mother, how could you do that? How can you write that, said Posey. But she did. The 176-page book, titled No Goodbye, is available on Kindle and Amazon. Gorringe wrote it under the pen name Georgia Marie and released it using a company that helps authors self-publish. Sometimes the sound of a voice is all it takes to dial up a fine romance, the book tease on Amazon says. But can you really fall in love with someone when you've never been in the same room? Gorin, who's a great-great-grandmother now, insists the story is all fiction, but her daughter's not buying that. A lot of it's actually real life, said her daughter. I mean, we know who she's talking about. Now, I can't uh, confirm or deny anything, but I will say that she is a huge fan of the Daily Dose of Weird News. Need I say more? A Maine man who served a 48-hour sentence for drunken driving wore something special for his jail-booking photo, a T-shirt featuring his mugshot. 19-year-old Bobby Burt of Pittsfield had the mugshot from his June arrest printed on the orange shirt along with the words, sponsored by Bud Light and Somerset County Sheriff. Sean McGuire, the jail's compliance manager, said there really is no policy 
on what inmates can or cannot wear for their booking photos. And Bobby Burt is now using the picture of his mugshot with him wearing his previous mugshot on a t-shirt as his Facebook profile. There you go, America. According to police, three men in Pennsylvania, Lancaster County, used $500 in counterfeit cash to pay for a Shih Tzu puppy. They argued that if the dog is going to have that kind of name, it deserves that kind of currency. A sleeping driver awakened by police at a Florida intersection led authorities on a chase before being arrested in a gated community. 21-year-old Joslet Jean Charles was asleep behind the wheel of a 2003 Ford Taurus at a busy intersection in Greenacres, Florida. When a patrol car pulled in front of Jean Charles, he awoke, drove around the police, and fled. He abandoned the vehicle in front of the Waterway Village development. Police did not initially find Jean Charles, but arrested him at an address found on a bill inside the car. He was charged with fleeing and eluding, operating without a license, resisting arrest, and a probation violation. What? No driving under the influence with this story? Seriously? I mean, how is alcohol not involved in a 21-year-old falling asleep at the wheel at a stoplight? An 85-year-old Los Angeles man was unharmed after he crashed his car into a backyard pool. The man was pulling into his garage when the crash occurred. The car went through a rear garage door and into a backyard swimming pool, ending up fully submerged. Officials say the driver of the white sedan was able to get out of the car unharmed. No one else was in the car or the pool at the time. The man is blaming the entire incident on his engine being flooded. Alicia Walik of Cedar Park, Texas was charged with misdemeanor theft and freed on $5,000 bond after allegedly stealing a bottle of $3.99 wine to get arrested and see her jailed boyfriend. Police found the woman outside the business and drinking the wine. She told police that she wanted to see her boyfriend who was arrested hours earlier and told them that she wanted to go to jail. Now you gotta admire a woman who is that committed to her man, despite the need to be committed. A California woman was cited after climbing into the giraffes exhibit at a Madison Zoo and getting kicked in the face. Amanda Hall climbed over one fence and almost got over the second fence of the giraffe enclosure at the Henry Villas Zoo. A two-year-old, 12-foot-tall giraffe named Wally gave Hall a lick and then turned and kicked her in the face. Zoo staff told police that giraffes are capable of killing lions, so the woman was fortunate that her injuries were not life-threatening. Hall told officers she climbed into the exhibit because she loves giraffes. A uh, correction, used to love giraffes. The San Francisco Chronicle reports that someone has dropped off more than a hundred tuxedo cats, which are named for their distinctive black and white markings at an animal shelter. Marin Humane Society spokeswoman Lisa Block says that on Monday a car pulled up to the Marin Humane Society in Novato, leaving behind three boxes. Block tells the newspaper that inside were 24 tuxedo cats. She says it was the fourth such occurrence in the last 18 months, and videotape shows it's the same person each time. Spay and neutering, people. Spay and neutering. Does nobody watch the end of The Price is Right anymore? Is there a doctor of chocolate in the house? Cambridge University in England is seeking a doctoral student to pursue what sounds like the sweetest job in the world studying the fundamentals of chocolate. The research goal, according to the job description, is to identify ways of keeping chocolate-based food from melting in warm climates. 
That's a challenge, given that even the best quality chocolate starts going soft around 93 degrees Fahrenheit, below human body temperature. A solution could fatten the profits of the world's top 10 chocolate companies, which last year posted confectionery sales exceeding $85 billion. Okay, well, you know, I don't have a PhD, but if you, need, if you guys need a taste tester, I am imminently qualified. Well, as Netflix, Kickstarter, Tumblr, and a host of other websites on Wednesday urged users to chime in on the need for robust net neutrality rules, the FCC said the total public comments on the issue reached close to 1.5 million. That figure is greater than the previous record of 1.4 million comments that flooded into the FCC following Janet Jackson's infamous wardrobe malfunction at the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show. So to interpret that for you, America is bothered more by slow streaming of Sons of Anarchy than public nudity. The New Mexico High School yearbook is raising eyebrows after it published a racy photo of students under a, quote, most likely to skinny dip, unquote, category. Portales High School students picked up their 2014 issues last week and found the risque image among the others in traditional categories. In the photo, two students chosen for the award appear to be naked, posing behind a tree. Portales High School assistant, Principal Garrick Matthews, says students were trying to be humorous, but it didn't go over well with some who saw the yearbook. Matthews says the district has received numerous complaints. Uh, the district says from now on, another set of eyes will be viewing the yearbook before it's published. Although, I'm sure if you keep printing naked pics of the students, you're going to have more than just one other set of eyes giving it a look. Trust me. That's your daily dose of weird news. I'm Darren Marlar. If you'd like to get weird news throughout the day, you can download our brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app in your Google App Store. Check it out. DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com Do you? 
come and get it. Are you in search of the perfect gift idea? Well, look no further. If you're seeking a fabulous gift basket in Great Toronto Area, Gift Basket Canada can help. Choose from a variety of gifts, from holiday-themed baskets to baby baskets, chocolate baskets, and even custom gift baskets with wine and champagne. Whether you need corporate gift baskets or gift for that someone special, or a get well gift for a friend or family member, turn to the gifting experts at Gift Basket Canada. Learn more today at giftbasketcanada.com. That's www.giftbasketcanada.com. Can a wise-cracking, thousand-year-old parrot, a girl grieving her mother, and a boy missing his father save two worlds? In the new fantasy thriller Whip Eye, Samantha and Jake have 24 hours to face their greatest fears and find out if the supernatural staff, Whip Eye, can defeat an ancient evil guardian. Chased by monsters and unsure who to trust, can Samantha and Jake learn to trust each other? This fast-paced adventure is about trusting yourself protecting others, and discovering the beauty of nature. Over 100 different species of wild animals are mentioned. Whip Eye is a unique blend of magical creatures and wildlife, a surprise-filled story that will appeal to readers of all ages. Watch the Whip Eye book trailer on YouTube. Whip Eye, book one of the Whip Eye Chronicles by Jeffrey Sign, getting great reviews everywhere. Whip Eye at Amazon.com. Are you a business owner wanting more business? Check out Floyds.com, which is a free, easy-to-use business-to-business networking site where you can customize your profile, grow your network, and have your profile shared with potential clients. Visit Floyds.com and sign up today. Remember, it's free, and that site again is www.floydz.com. Are you looking to avoid bankruptcy? Are you feeling overwhelmed with credit card debt and payday loans? DebtPoint is the solution. DebtPoint provides programs that provide an optimal solution to consolidate debts into one payment and resolve debts in the shortest time. Your debt can potentially be negotiated down for significantly less than what is owed, saving you thousands of dollars. Plans are customized for your unique situation and typically estimated between 24 and 48 months, depending on your budget. We also help you determine a monthly settlement savings plan based on your hardship. Debt management is also available if debt settlement is not the right option for you. What are you waiting for? If you're struggling, find out what program is right for you by giving one of our friendly debt consultants a call at one 888 Come check out a unique brand of t-shirts featuring a manatee in a banana on a t-shirt. Banana Tea. We are a group of individuals that believe art can inspire others to help cure diabetes and the problems associated with it. Check out our Banana Tea Facebook page and support us by liking it, sharing with others, or purchasing our apparel. That is B-A-N-A-N-A-T-E-E on Facebook. Are you looking to buy or sell a bike? Turn to BicycleAds.com, the web's best classified site for bikes and accessories. From mountain bikes to racing bikes, 
road bikes, bicycle accessories, components and bike parts, and beyond. You'll find it all on BicycleAbs.com. And the best part? It's totally free to use. So whether you're buying or selling, seeking new or used, turn to BicycleAbs.com. It's simply the best classified site for your bike. That's www.BicycleAbs.com. You're my water in the desert when it's dry heat. 
your love can feed my soul, I sense it in your energy. I need you in my life like humans need green trees. Without them or you would make it hard for me to breathe. You're my better half and I really hate to be incomplete. You take me higher than I ever felt on THC. Usually I'm a lost word, but I can't let you pass Find a girl in the world with a perfect girl But you want that, cause to me you're my feng shui And harmony that keeps me balanced after a long day And I'ma treat you like the queen that you was meant to be And shout with you with love until it's flood in the streets Daddy's little girl, and I'ma treat you just the same Damn near fainted when I showed you the diamond ring I bought a house on a hill so we could raise a kid I'm just trying to show you girls that I'm all in This is Deanna Heiliger from me to the power of we.com. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. Today we're going to be talking about being pretty on the inside. And I know you know that I know and we all know many people who are really outwardly pretty. They're beautiful, but they're not very pretty on the inside. And 
This is because um, a lot of people that are good looking, they ride their looks and they don't feel like they need to develop their personality or develop great character traits. And as a result, they have a sour attitude and a grump and that's not very outwardly attractive. The inside is coming out. Uh, also, I know people, I'm sure you do too, um, who society would say are not outwardly pretty but they're really beautiful on the inside through their actions and their personality and the way they present themselves. So um, looks, we all know, looks can be fleeting, okay? Things can happen. You get older, and we can't always depend on our good looks to get us through difficult situations and, and life. So do you know people like this who um, display an ugly inside? They don't, they're not pretty on the inside, um, are you someone like this? Do you have a grump? Do you have a sour attitude a lot? And we need to talk about how can we shift our mindset so that we are pretty on the inside. And that comes out in many, many ways. So um, what makes someone attractive? And of course, I'm not talking about the outward physical attractive. I'm talking about the inside, your inside, your heart, your character, your values. When they come out, when you meet people, how? what makes somebody attractive? And I would say Number one is someone who is joyful. If you meet someone who is truly joyful, good heart, right place, they are joyful on the inside. It comes out. Automatically it comes out. It doesn't have to be faked. It's just a natural joy that spews out of them. And that is so beautiful. And when people have that natural joy and love in their heart, they put forth a natural smile. They don't have to fake it. So um, when you have to make an effort to smile and you're kind of just smiling in spite of, people can feel that. So a genuine smile means there's no scowling. Um, Smiles are contagious. So if you meet someone who's just got a beautiful smile and very welcoming and very heartwarming, it is contagious. Of course, you are going to smile back, give a smile. So that makes you very attractive. And when you are joyful and you're smiling, usually those people are very kind, very kind to themselves and to others. So you don't know what other people are struggling with. And sometimes just a smile and or a kind word or a kind action makes somebody's day and it's a butterfly effect. And that is beautiful. That is your beauty coming out Also, with these traits come confidence, self-confidence. Are there some beliefs that you have about yourself that are not really truths? And what I mean is sometimes we have these negative thoughts about ourselves and beliefs. Well, the thoughts become beliefs because we think them over and over again, but from our childhood that maybe you're not good enough, maybe you're not this, you're not that, and that hurts your self-confidence. But when you're joyful and you smile and you're kind to people and you let that out, your confidence shines through. So listen to your self-talk. If you're badgering yourself all the time, you need to stop. You need to let your confidence come out. Be who you are. And I think the final thing, I think there's many more things, but the final thing for for you today uh, that makes you attractive is an attitude of gratitude. You cannot physically complain and be grateful at the same time. And if you didn't know that, try it. You cannot do those two things at the same time. So people who are attractive on the outside are very grateful and they tell people how grateful they are and how appreciative they are and there's just that energy about them. 
So they're joyful. They're smiling. They're kind to people. They have an attitude of gratitude. They're very confident. So if you need to work on any of these areas in your life, go ahead and do it. Do a little self-evaluation. Get some help professionally if you need it. But work on these uh, traits and characters and attributes because we all want to be pretty on the inside and let it come out of us. Let it flow out of us so we can bless others. Let's practice being pretty on the inside until we meet again. I really thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute and to continue your journey to be a better you. Connect with me at metothepowerofwe.com because together is better.
there will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation that a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing they stop wanting anything they, they become satisfied people getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like jobs that are making them sick you see when you're not pursuing your goal you are literally committing spiritual suicide when you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for that takes you out of your comfort zone you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have when the messenger of misery visits you what are you going to do what will keep you in the game there are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life but that could save your life because you had that knowledge unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered you will never grow what is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, you want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their job, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong?
You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your people. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. As opposed to saying no. When you die, die on east. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. In a world where businesses are plagued by overwhelming numbers of difficulties, One Support Network will rise to protect business owners from devastation. Dreams Woven Support Network. Under the guidance of the experts at Dreams Woven, business owners will be able to stay focused and stay motivated as they work their way toward their dreams. To run a business is to fight in a battle, a battle against a fleet of hardships that threatens to bring the business toward failure. To win that battle, one must have the adequate resources and a plan to combat the seemingly endless barrage of hardships. With the power of the Dreams Woven Support Network, obtaining the resources and plan for the battle of business is simple. By using the multitude of tips and resources provided by Dreams Woven, one will be able to vanquish any hardships that arise and bring one's business to success. 897 is all it takes to acquire the power of Dreams Woven. Sign up today at dreamswovensupportnetwork.org to achieve success for your business and to have your dream woven into reality. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. You've just heard from Deanna Heiliger 
um, dreams meet. I was gonna say dreams woven. That was the commercial you just heard. You've just heard from Deanna Heiliger of Me to the Power of We dot com with her mindset minute. And we're getting ready for Coach Tony Ussery, the author of the Fitness Game. Hey, Coach, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. <laughs> when you know it, we had a family reunion this past weekend. <laughs> okay. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know what that means. The food yes, is to die for. Yeah. So how's everything going? Everything is going pretty good. Um, definitely um, staying health conscious. Um, I've, I've fallen off my challenge. i got to get back on to that, doing some moving, uh, moving some things, helping my sister, family reunion. And, like, uh, life can happen so fast, and one day turns into ten days, and you're off course. So working on getting back on track with working out. But I've been working out, so to speak, moving things and kids and stuff, but not my not my regular routine that I'd started. So, um, but things are good. Things are good. I feel good about myself, feel, feel good about life, and just feel good on the inside. What you got for us today? Uh, today, well, last week we talked about um, – what was the assignment? I'm trying to think what the assignment was last week. Um, the assignment for, because oh, it was something from the conference. Oh, I know what it is. It was something from the conference. We were, oh, shoot, okay. Busted. We've done, we've done the time assign, assessment assignment. It was something you brought back from your, the conference, conference right. that you were sharing with us, okay, but I don't remember exactly what it was, so that means I didn't do my homework. Exactly, Busted. that's okay. That's okay because we're 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 actually I'm I'm actually going to go backwards a little bit, and okay. and the, the way that they structured this our conference, it was for it was for for a group of us that you know we're hypnotherapists, we're NLP uh, practitioners, but. So they 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 structured it a different way, but uh, and it was it was intensified. So we got a lot of information over over that week. But the way I'm sharing it is I've I've looked it over and I want to break things down because you know I want to go back and and cover some of the stuff that that we've covered before, but I want to put new emphasis on it because there's some things that I, I've asked you to do in the past that for, I mean, some people have done them, some people haven't, but I don't know if people understood truly the importance and in, in, in some of the things I didn't really understand all the importance until this past, this past week. So mm-hmm. um, I want to go, I'm, we're going to go back. We're going we're gonna to go back a little bit and to go forward. And but I I think that everybody's going to appreciate the journey we're about to take because when they when when everybody understands why we're going this route, then they'll understand why why all your guests who come in and and are trying to give give uh, helpful hands and 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 helpful information 
why why it's so pertinent that they take that information and run with it. because mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you can hear something and it'll kick your ears but unless you put action into it it doesn't mean anything it's just you know words it's just you know a clanging symbol you know and so the thing is is that what I want to do is I want to emphasize the importance of action and and and, and how we're to start action and and why we're to 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 start it and and why we're to sustain it um if that's okay if we can go back and yep. go back in this journey a little bit Sounds good to me. You're leading the way. So. Okay. And that gets so me off the hook when I'm not doing my homework, so let's go. <laughs> not a problem. Here, here's the thing. The thing is, is that, you know, what we need to understand about ourselves is, you know, I, I, I talk about the brain a lot and, and attached to the body, but what we need to understand is is that we're, as a as an entity, we're an entity of energy. You know, we we start off, we're probably the most un- well, not probably. We are the most unique uh, creature on this planet because we never shut down. Our thought process never shuts down. Our creativeness never shuts down. Animals don't have the same thought process. I know people. A lot of people want to say that they do, but they don't. They don't think like us. They don't dream like us. You know, it's said that animals dream, but, you know, when's the last time you saw an animal build a building or build a mm-hmm. car or build? So they're, they're, they're not, they're, their thought process is not even anywhere close to on the level that we humans think. So we're unique. But where we're really unique is the fact that that creative process started when we were conceived, and it doesn't stop until we die. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, the Bible says it does; it never stops. But we're energy being. You know, we're being that we go 24-7 all the time. We're always functioning. Even in our sleep, we're still moving. We're still functioning. You know, we're we're... We're supposed to be moving. We're supposed to be functioning. That is the thing that we're supposed to do. And where we get frustrated as as, as people is when we're not moving in, in the direction that we know that we're supposed to be moving. That's the frustrating thing. So we're going to go back a moment, okay? Um, while I was at the conference, there was a story. I, I don't know if ever, I don't know if you ever heard of the the story of the the stones, the pebbles, and the sand. Have you ever heard of it? Um, I don't know. Tell me again. Tell me. I don't know if okay. I have or not. So just tell me. Okay. Well, in we this we this was shared with us. We were we were shared with um, this story about a professor. The years and years and years ago, that went in front of uh, was over in Europe. He went in front of a, a board of, of executives, high executives, high uh, ranking officials, 
and what he was what they thought he was going to teach was they thought he was going to teach uh, time efficiency, okay? Because they were, you know, that, that, that they thought that he was a time efficiency expert. And he was, but his main, his main focus and his, his main teaching was something far more greater than that. And so what he did was, he in front of the in front of everybody he you know he greeted everybody everybody sitting there ready to take notes and he pulled out a big huge picture more like a cauldron a glass cauldron okay and under then he pulled out a sack of stones mm-hmm. and these stones were about the size of tennis balls okay and he started putting the stones in the glass. And he put as many as he could in the glass until he couldn't put any more stones in the glass. Then he asked the question of, of, of the crowd. He said, is the glass full? Okay. Now let me ask you a question. If you saw that, what would your answer be? Immediately I would say yes. He said, okay, well, that's not right. So what he did was he pulled out some pebbles, smaller in size, and he took the pebbles and he started gently pouring them over the stones and they just kind of, and then shaking the stones and they kind of filtered through until they also win the glass. Okay? So... Now, looking at that, he he asked the question again, is the glass full? Now, what would your answer be? I would say yes again. Hesitantly, but I would say yes again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, again, he says, no, that's not the case. So, he takes the sand out, and he starts pouring the sand so gently over the the stones and the pebbles, and the sand just started seeping through all the cracks and crevices until he couldn't pull, pour any more sand in. And he then asked, okay, now is the glass full? And by then, what would your answer be? It has to be. Not yet. He oh, takes boy. a picture out get your water out, and starts pouring water oh so gently in the glass. And, of course, the sand absorbed it, so he poured it until he could pour no more. Now the question is, is the glass full? And the obvious answer then is yes. Okay. Don't tell me there's more room. Okay. (laughs) No, No more room. But here's the question, okay? What do you think the significance of that experiment was? Well, remember, if I look he, at my... He was said time, it again. He's a, he was, remember, he was, he, they thought he was teaching time efficiency. So what would you think mm-hmm. that the, the, the lesson was supposed to be learned from this? 
that we that we can get more out of our time than we think. Right. And guess what? Ooh, you got me over sweating, armpit sweating, nervous. <laughs> guess what? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Guess what? Uh-oh, That's not uh-oh, the answer. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> That's not the answer because everybody said that because everybody thought that. But here's what he said because it wasn't about time that he was teaching. He was teaching about life. What he said was, here's what you need to understand. If you didn't put the big stones in first, you would never have been able to get them in later. That being said, he then asked the question, what are your big stones in life? Because now... my big stones? Okay. Okay, because now, what, like, what are your goals? What are your desires? What are your dreams? What are your big stones in life? Because if you don't put them in first, you can't get them in later. Mm-hmm. So what, what, he was, what he was teaching was, and what we need to understand is, is that our dreams, desires, passions, Whatever it is that we're supposed to feel we're supposed to be doing in life, we need to put that in ourselves first. And we need to deal with that first because if we don't, guess what? The pebbles in the sand and the water will fill up the jar. The pebbles, sand, and water represent all the little mundane things in our life that we do, that we do on a daily basis that fill up our time and don't lead us to what we are desiring. So going back, going back, I mean, think about it. Think about some of the days that you've had that you were just so busy and you look back and you accomplished nothing and you weren't happy Mm. about it. Right. And there are days that you accomplished maybe one giant thing that was towards your goal or your passion and you were happy. Right? Right. Well, the thing is, is that we need to understand that our being, our energy, our being is made to move forward to what we are supposed to be doing. We have, we have an encoding in our lives that we are supposed to do something. We don't, we, coming out, we, don't, we can't figure it out. We, we, it takes us time to figure it out. But once we figure it out, once we know what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to do it. And if we're not doing it, we're not going to be happy. And those are the big stones in our lives. We're so busy putting the sand in the pebble and the water in our lives and just going about our day that we don't accomplish the things that we're supposed to accomplish. Hence, we're never happy. We're not happy with that because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Hmm. Well, the first indicator that we're not happy is that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But what about the person who says, you know what, Coach, I hear you and I feel you. I'm not necessarily happy, but I don't know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Well, here's the thing, okay. That's when you set aside time to yourself. Because if you're doing the mundane things that you're doing and it's taking all your time and you don't set aside time for yourself, how can you figure it out? 
It might take you just contemplating. It might take you just walks, just taking long walks by yourself. It might take you reading, just taking an hour and start reading stuff, material. And if this doesn't mm-hmm. hit you, put it down and pick something else up. Something will eventually spark you. But if you don't take the time to, to find out what it is, then how will you know? Mhm. Mhm. Okay. One of the big stones is figuring it out, figuring out what you're supposed okay. to be doing in life. That's a big stone. When you go to school, think about this. How many times, okay, how many times do people change in college? How many times do people change their majors? <laughs> oh, Yikes. What's the average? I feel like you and I have had this conversation like five before. Huh? Ooh, I probably and I probably did five changes. I'm sure I did. I'm sure That's I right. did. It started out as being an accountant, a nurse, um, human services. Ultimately, I ended up with education. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm sure I got about five. I'm missing one turn of events, but I'm sure it was about five changing. Five changes, yeah, that, that's right. Uh, that's about right for me anyway. Goodness. So based on that, if that's the case, then how did you figure it out? It was an expensive way to learn. I tried stuff. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? But, but trying still, stuff and realizing it wasn't for me didn't feel right, yep. Exactly. So it, that's how you're going to do it. It doesn't have to cost you the, the, to go to college to do it. You can do it just by sitting down and picking up things that you think you might want to do or you think you might want to learn and start picking up a book and start reading it. If it doesn't hold your attention, guess what? It's not you. And <laughs> I agree you with that. Do, the, the, I agree with that. So I have a do, question for you. Yes. What about the outside forces, because people outside of us want want us to be able to make up our mind right away. Now, there is a difference between being indecisive and never make up your mind and trying anything as opposed to a person who keeps trying things because they're trying to find their way. They may not be able to put it into words that way, but they're trying different things. What about the outside forces that we deal with that says, Catherine, why don't you just make up your mind? Why don't you just get with one thing and stick with it? And... Um, I, I've seen a lot of the the negativity that happens from that expectation, but what do you say to people who are up against that? Okay, here's the thing, all right? Can't nobody make you mad but you. Can't nobody make you sad but you. Can't nobody make you happy but you. Your emotions are a barometer of the, vibe, of the energy level that you're working on. Somebody says something to me, they can call me the worst name in the world. How I... How I accept that and how I deal with that is on me. So it doesn't matter what the outside world says. If, if somebody says, I'm supposed to jump six feet and I want to jump eight feet, the heck with the outside world. I want to jump eight feet. What I do with me is me. You handle you, I'll handle me. And the thing is, is that, is that at the end of the day, they're not going to be the one that makes you happy. You've got to make you happy. So mm-hmm. the outside, there are, to me, there are no outside forces unless you allow them in. Remember what you just said, they're outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, until you let them in, it doesn't mean anything. 
stay outside. If somebody's outside my house, they can't steal from me. If somebody's outside my house, guess what? They can't talk to me. If somebody's outside my house, they're standing outside, guess what? I'm inside. They're outside. They don't. That doesn't mean anything to me. What's going on outside is outside. Until you let them in and you let them touch you and you let them bother you, that doesn't mean anything. So they can say what they want to. But I'm on my own mission and I'm on my own time frame, just like they are. Okay. If they're worried about me, how are they worried about them? I mean, each of us, I mean, we're supposed to try to help each other, but at the end of the day, it's like this. What does the airplane tell you when you get on it? The most important thing they tell you, when the mask drops, put the mask on yourself first, first. before mm-hmm. you try to help somebody else. Yeah. Most of the people that are pushing you to be... To, for you to make the decision, if you look at their lives, they haven't even made the decision. They're not even happy most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and now when you look at social media, Facebook and all this other social media, everybody looks happy all the time, right? Until they, yeah. until, until you see somebody spout something like, man, I'm so upset with my spouse or I'm so upset with the job, yeah. or blah, blah, blah. But until then, they're always posting uh, this wonderful this and this wonderful that and this wonderful this. So we don't even know how their lives truly are on the outside, but what they tell us. But on the inside, they're human too. And if they're not doing the things that they love to do, they got to be hurting in some way too. Right. So why do they need – so if they're, if they're hurting, how could they be pushing me and they're not doing what they're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even with the, and the ones that are doing, the people that are doing what they're supposed to do, guess mm-hmm. what? They're not going to ever push you like that because they know what it took to get where they got. Mm-hmm. They're going to wow. try to mentor you properly because they know what it took. They know that they were on, had to be on their team. They didn't rush. Some of them mm-hmm. did. Some of them didn't. It was always on their time. And some of it was by accident. Some of it was because, and we're going to get to this, is on the frequency that they dealt on. And this is coming, this is coming up. And in, in the near future, we're going to deal with this. But the thing is, is that first the thing that you have to do is you have to put the stones in you. The large stones have to be in you that give you what you want to do and, and, and what your desires are. What's, it could be, it could be what's important, your family. Family's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you need to hurry up and do what you're doing. You need to work 20 hours a day to make your ends meet and deny your family time with you. Now, is that good mentoring or is that bad mentoring? That's bad mentoring because your family is going to resent your business. Yeah, you got to find the happy place. Exactly. So the thing is, is that if I know what I, if once I figure it out, and it might take me time to figure it out, but that's what I'm saying. I take my time. It's my time. I take my time to sit down and figure out what I want to do. I cut off, carve out time instead of watching the, 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 the TV, instead of playing on the, on, the, on the computer, instead of playing on social media, I take the time to figure me out. I use that time 
valuably. It's valuable time. I used it to, to figure out what I want to do. Once I know that, then I can go what I want to do. I can put it on paper. I can do my vision boards, which are vitally important, more important than we even can understand, uh, and we're going to get to that too. But the thing is, is that guess what I've done? I've put, it, I've put the stones in, and I've still got room for the pebbles, still got room for the water, still got room for the sand, but the important stuff is there because I dealt with it first. But guess what? If I just do the other stuff, then I'll never have room for what I want to do. I'll never have room for what's important. And I'll go about life being super frustrated and super unhappy. I I heard something yesterday. I read something yesterday that it kind of blew my mind. Did Mm -hmm. you know, and this is just monetarily, did you know that if you have $10 in your pocket, and no, and you don't owe anybody. That you're richer than twenty five percent of everybody in the United States. Wow, no, I didn't know that. How do they how do they choose ten dollars? That was the, that was the the figure that that, that they gave. This was a, a research study, and that was the, mm-hmm. one of the figures that they gave was it's ten dollars. You have ten dollars, and you don't owe anybody anything. You're richer than twenty five percent of the people in the United States. Wow. What's that say about where we really are? It, it doesn't take much at all. I mean, we, we're looking, I guess we're, it's right in front of us, and being financially su- successful is um, easier to obtain than we're making it. But dollars, $10, I'm thinking, of what can I buy with $10? Not a whole lot, you know? Exactly. Wow. So that means that a lot of people are really hurting, aren't they? Yeah. Exactly. So if you have, I mean, I mean, think about it. We, we all, if we have car payments, if we have mortgages, we owe people. And if you look at what our assets are to, and I see what they're saying, if you look at how much we owe compared to how much we have, we're probably in the negative a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But we're still living life, you know, because... Everything's on payment, but if you look at the at the total number of of what we owe compared to what what we have, more than likely we are in the negative. But we're still maintaining, still surviving, and still at times living very well. Okay. Mm-hmm. But but if if all the if if, if everybody said okay, you got to pay now, we would be in trouble. Yeah. But that's just life, though. That's how we live life. And the thing is, is that it, it doesn't stop us. You know, people can be broke on different levels. It still doesn't stop them. You know, people can be, can be upside down on different levels. The people, there, there are people out there right now that are, that are living lives like kings that owe everybody in the world but they're still living life and they're still moving forward and they're still doing their dreams. You know, I I used to 
I used to work for when I was in the financial industry before I got in the fitness industry. I used to work for this guy, and I thought he was worth all more money than anybody in the world. Come to find out, he was worth maybe net ten million. Okay, but. There wasn't a place on earth that he hadn't been, and it wasn't a place on earth that he still couldn't go because he had earned credit for doing people favors. So, like, if oh. he wanted to fly to England and stay in the best hotel, he could because he had done that person that owned the hotel a favor and mm. did something for them that got something for him, you know. So the thing is, is that, we have to look at this a whole this whole thing, this whole game differently. But what we gotta do first, before we can do anything, is we need to pour the jar out of all the sand, water and the pebbles uh-huh. and, and and start putting our big stones in that jar first. We need to clean all the stuff out and start putting our jar uh, that in our jar and that needs to be our priority. Uh-huh. You know. Moms will say, well, I run my kids everywhere. Yeah, you do. And that's not my dream, and I understand that. And some moms <laughs> are happy with that. You know, some moms, uh-huh. that's what they want to do. You know, they they, 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 they want to do that. That's what they want to do. They want to be at home. They want to be homemakers, and, and that's their goal, and they do it well. And bless them because we need that. But what about the moms that are out there that, that are doing that and but also have dreams of doing something else? You know what? You might have to stay up an hour extra to to get the time for you, but you need to take the time for you because you're important. And if you don't get you right, and if you're not happy, then eventually it's going to filter down to your kids and and your family. And, that's and so true. that's true. We we need to clean that clean that jar out. And, and start putting in the stones. Some people know what those stones are and just say they don't have time to deal with it. Now's the time. Because guess what? Time never stops moving. And by the time you look at it, you're going to look up and life is going to be gone and you're going to be on your deathbed going, man, I never did that. And you're going to be upset with that. That's going to be the thing that you take to your grave is that you never accomplished what you were supposed to accomplish and you never were truly happy because you didn't accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to get busy getting happy. Well, finding joy. I mean, I know happy will be more temporary, but um, we we need to get get busy finding our purpose and the first sign is knowing that you're not happy with where you are in life. So, um, making some changes, try some things. And I have some friends that I've said, my goodness, you know, you 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 know, this week you're selling knives, next week you're selling lipsticks. And if they can put into words with me that they're trying something as opposed to I'm building multiple streams of income, I think that's what confuses me. Because I'm okay with the person trying something and asking me to buy something every time they try something new as opposed to they think that they're going to have these multiple streams of income doing the circus act of selling any and everything they can get their hands on. I recognize that they're trying, but they don't recognize that they're trying to figure out where they need to be. They think that they're a serial entrepreneur or that they're just good at it, 
when they just keep selling the same five people all their new products and services. So it's okay to try things. It's okay to explore. And some people are going to ask you, why, you know, why haven't you figured out what it is you want to do? If you are actively seeking to find out what it is you're supposed to be doing, that's a totally different thing than someone who starts something and never finishes it. It's like, oh, well, I was going to write that book, but I only got a paragraph done when you're not really showing a true interest. And like you said, Coach, if they pick up something and they find that it's not connecting with them, whether it's reading a book or whatever activity, you can stop it then. You don't have to force yourself. I mean, you know, you know if, okay, this is a challenge, but I'm interested in pursuing it as opposed to I really don't like this. You know, it makes my stomach hurt to think about it. Don't force yourself because it may have uh, notoriety attached to it or it has a big dollar sign because I've heard many, many stories about people who have found their happiness making far less money than they really expected to ever be making. So finding that thing for you, putting your priorities, and it sounds like you're suggesting that we, when we get time alone that we're meditating or we're, we're doing something quiet, where we're quieting ourselves and getting centered so that we can hear some direction. Is that what you were advising us? Yes, and, and, and you know why that's so hard for a lot of people? Because a lot of people don't like themselves. They don't like where they are, so they don't want to spend time with themselves. Because as they spend time with themselves, they start to dwell on the fact that they're not where they want to be and that they're failures. Well, no, you're not. You're not a failure. You just haven't done what you're supposed to do yet. I mean, you know, if you haven't run the race, you can't lose the race. But at the same time, if you haven't run the race, you can't win the race. So the thing is, is that that's why you need to spend the time with yourself. You need to spend time with you to find out who you are and what you like. And really, mm-hmm. instead of beating you up, say, okay, me, you know, I only have three people, me, myself, and I. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that trinity. You know, you, you know, God, God, the Son, and you. And he, yours is your, when you're thinking about it, it's me, myself, and I. And so it's like, you know, I've got to take me and I've got to figure out me before I can do anything with anybody else. I need to figure out me because I'm not really me until I know me. And I'm not really sharing me and giving all of me until I know me. How can I if I don't know me? Right. You know, and I might be a a facade, you know, but and that's and that's gonna you know, there are a lot of people out there that that, that they put on a facade of who they, they really are and at the end of the day they're not happy with 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 the fact that people don't really know who they are but they feel that they have to put up the facade because maybe they feel that they're too boring or they're too, you know, whatever. You know, I'm I'm too much weenie or I'm too much of this or I'm too much of a rick. Whatever it is, they, they, they feel that it's, it won't be acceptable to the world. Guess what? You are who you are, and if the world doesn't accept you, too bad. For them, not for you, for them. Because somebody's going to mm-hmm. accept you. Somebody's going to love you. But guess what? There are always going to be haters out there. Always. Always. Somebody's going to be on that job. Yep. Exactly. But guess what? They don't matter. They don't matter. Because at the end of the day, 
I'm spending the I'm spending the time with the people that love me, adore me, and, and and respect me. Other than that, I might have to deal with the rest of the world, but I don't have to be there all the time with the rest of the world. This is this is one of those grab your chin, hmm, deep thinking things. Really simple. So. What's our assignment for this week? Is it to meditate or what? What, what are we doing? Your assignment, your assignment is to, 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 to take and make a list of what your stones are, what you feel your stones are, what you feel your water, your, your, your pebbles, your water, uh, and your sand is. And the thing is, mm-hmm. is that all that is is the things that the mundane, mundane things that you 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 do in life, you know, your job could be one of the pebbles. If that's mm-hmm. not what you're wanting to do in life, that's a pebble or sand or water, okay? Make the list, separate them, okay? And then once you've made the list, if you don't know, start figuring it out. You know, start putting that work in to figure it out. It won't take you long if you put the time in. You're going to gravitate to what you like. We always do. And think about it, when you go in the store, you don't go looking at the stuff that you don't like. You find the stuff that you do like. And, you, you know, you don't go, when you're going to shop for clothes, you don't go over and shop at the, in, in, in what you deem the ugly part. You go shop at what you deem is, is fitting and flattering for you. Mm-hmm. That's what we're attracted to. That's how we work. And it doesn't take us all day to get there if we put the time in. So your job is to figure out what your stones are, write them down. And then your job, once you know your the stones, how you can implement something in your life to start towards towards doing that the big stones. Mm-hmm. That's the assignment this week. All right. Find your big stones. We gotta get some time by ourselves so we can really, you know, see what are those things we are feeling, you know, that's weighing us down that we really don't like and how can we change those things? But you won't be able to um find that with all the distractions that are going on if you don't take time to meditate. And we don't have a um preferred way. I know I don't but you may have a preferred way that people should meditate, but just get some time by yourself where you're able to um, be free of any distractions, no phone, no any kind of technology, just, you know, you and nature go for a walk or, you know, shut the TV off and, you know, just sit, you know, quietly in your living room. Um, Coach Sonny, do you have any suggestions on how they should Uh, um, meditate? I don't, I know. uh, No, because it's, it's it's what you're comfortable doing, you know. But here's the thing that you need to ask yourself. The one question you need to ask yourself is, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Over and over you ask yourself that question. Because guess what's going to happen? You consciously asking yourself that question will put your subconscious to work. Here we go with the brain again. Your brain will get you find that answer for you. You have to ask the question. You have to be willing to take the time to give yourself the time to ask yourself that question. 
and go forth. Pretty simple. <laughs> Hello?
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. On next week, Coach Tony will join us again. Our assignment for this week is to meditate. Get somewhere and get quiet. Even if you're concerned about, um, you know, falling asleep, keep your eyes open. But get somewhere, get quiet, get still. Ask yourself over and over, what am I here for? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Put that out to the universe and allow it to come back through your subconscious. Don't you go trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. It will come to you. That may be one of the hardest things to do, I know, because I'm one of those people who need to be doing something and keeping busy, so it makes it tough for me not to go and try to do something, try to do something. Um, Meditate, meditate, get still, do a Google search, watch a YouTube video, Find your way of getting still, getting quiet, and finding your answer. It may not come today. It may not come this week. It may not come in a month because we have so much unlearning and so much junk to get out of our systems that it may cause you a bit of a delay you would feel anyway, a delay you would like to know that answer. Right now, tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. If I'm supposed to sweep floors for a living, tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, Don't demand be easy. Be gentle with yourself and be gentle as you put your Request out to the universe to find out what your purpose is, what it is that you're supposed to be doing. So that's our assignment for this week until we get with Coach Tony again on next week. Coach Tony Usry is the author of The Fitness Game. You can find that on Amazon.com. It's The Fitness Game, and it's all about getting your neuro-linguistic patterns uh, (laughs) on track, on the right wavelength so that you are thinking better about yourself inside and out. Because if you can think it, you can do it. And most of us, our struggle is that we, we just can't think it. We, just, we don't even see it happening. So take your notes throughout the week. Think positive. Do some meditation. And I'd love to hear from you if you figured out between now and next week what it is you're supposed to do by trying this process. Thank you to each person who has messaged me and let me know that you enjoyed the story about the sand, stone, and the water. Let's get our priorities um, in order. Let's get rid of those things that are weighing us down, that are those big rocks, those things that we don't want to be bothered with, those things that give us a headache to deal with. Let's, we got so much work to do, don't we? So let's begin. Let the journey begin. But thank you for sharing with me that you enjoyed that story. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your daily dose of weird news. The San Francisco Chronicle reports that someone has dropped off more than a hundred tuxedo cats, which are named for their distinctive black and white markings at an animal shelter. Marin Humane Society spokeswoman Lisa Block says that on Monday a car pulled up to the Marin Humane Society in Novato, leaving behind three boxes. Block tells the newspaper that inside were 24 tuxedo cats. She says it was the fourth such occurrence in the last 18 months, and videotape shows it's the same person each time. Spay and neutering, people. Spay and neutering. Does nobody watch the end of The Price is Right anymore? Is there a doctor of chocolate in the house? Cambridge University in England is seeking a doctoral student to pursue what sounds like the sweetest job in the world, studying the fundamentals of chocolate. The research goal, according to the job description, is to identify ways of keeping chocolate-based food from melting in warm climates. That's a challenge, given that even the best quality chocolate starts going soft around 93 degrees Fahrenheit, below human body temperature. 
A solution could fatten the profits of the world's top 10 chocolate companies, which last year posted confectionery sales exceeding $85 billion. Okay, well, you know, I don't have a PhD, but if you, need, if you guys need a taste tester, I am imminently qualified. Well, as Netflix, Kickstarter, Tumblr, and a host of other websites on Wednesday urged users to chime in on the need for robust net neutrality rules, the FCC said the total public comments on the issue reached close to 1.5 million. That figure is greater than the previous record of 1.4 million comments that flooded into the FCC following Janet Jackson's infamous wardrobe malfunction at the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show. So to interpret that for you, America is bothered more by slow streaming of Sons of Anarchy than public nudity. The New Mexico High School yearbook is raising eyebrows after it published a racy photo of students under a, quote, most likely to skinny dip, unquote, category. Portales High School students picked up their 2014 issues last week and found the risque image among the others in traditional categories. In the photo, two students chosen for the award appear to be naked, posing behind a tree. Portales High School assistant, Principal Garrick Matthews, says students were trying to be humorous, but it didn't go over well with some who saw the yearbook. Matthews says the district has received numerous complaints. Uh, the district says from now on, another set of eyes will be viewing the yearbook before it's published. Although, I'm sure if you keep printing naked pics of the students, you're going to have more than just one other set of eyes giving it a look. Trust me. That's your daily dose of weird news. I'm Darren Marlar. If you'd like to get weird news throughout the day, you can download our brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app in your Google App Store. Check it out. DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com
In a world where businesses are plagued by overwhelming numbers of difficulties, One Support Network will rise to protect business owners from devastation. Dreams Woven Support Network. Under the guidance of the experts at Dreams Woven, business owners will be able to stay focused and stay motivated as they work their way toward their dreams. To run a business is to fight in a battle, a battle against a fleet of hardships that threatens to bring the business toward failure. To win that battle, one must have the adequate resources and a plan to combat the seemingly endless barrage of hardships. With the power of the Dreams Woven Support Network, obtaining the resources and plan for the battle of business is simple. By using the multitude of tips and resources provided by Dreams Woven, one will be able to vanquish any hardships that arise and bring one's business to success. 897 is all it takes to acquire the power of Dreams Woven. Sign up today at dreamswovensupportnetwork.org to achieve success for your business and to have your dream woven into reality.
All right, we're getting ready to talk politics with Valerie Sun. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on in the world of politics? I am doing wonderful. It's another wonderful um, day here, another wonderful weekend in the city as we um, have gotten through some of the rain of the weekend. We started a new exciting uh, week here in the middle of September. There are several things that are taking place. Most significantly would be, of course, what we talked about on last week with the speech that we heard President Obama give on Wednesday night. Again, it's not often that you do hear the president come out and address the issue, especially now one, kind of in prime time, as it's down on Wednesday night, uh, starting at around 9 p.m. He came out and gave a uh, speech. And it basically was on Islamic State and what's happening with ISIS and what exactly is taking place. Now, when I listened to the speech, there were a few things that kind of stood out that he definitely talked about and the reason that he actually got together and came out again with the speech is kind of unusual coming the time he did it. Now, he was laying out his strategy for dealing with the growing threat Again, it was proposed by the Islamic State, and that's what took place in the speech. Now, one of the things he done when he opened up his speech, he came out, I guess, what amounted to a rundown of his foreign policy, national security success, including the killing of Osama bin Laden and the ending of wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. He basically came out and talked about some of the successful things that happened with the militia that we do have under his leadership. So that was the first mm-hmm. thing that I noticed that he came and he talked about, and he, he told us that America is safe thanks to our military and counterterrorism professionals. So he came out and kind of reassured us that America is safe, that we have the top militia, that there's nothing to be overly concerned about as far as a, a war situation or a takeover. He then kind of uh, went and he talked about the fact that most Americans have really no idea what ISIS or ISIL or the Islamic State really is or what purpose uh, they have and why they're a threat to us. He talked about how they execute captured prisoners. He talked about how they kill children, they enslave, rape, and force women into mm. marriage. Those uh-huh. are some of the things they've done. The president promised that we would have a cohesive and sustained fight against the Islamic State. He also talked about how war-weary Americans are and how he's fully aware that um, we all get kind of query when we talk about war and going to war and reminds us of what happened in Iraq and, of course, other wars we've had uh, over the years. He says he understands how people feel about that, and that's not something that he plans on doing as of now, but it's certainly something he addressed to talk about. He also talked about the throughout uh, the speech. He kind of was insisted that, you know, in no way, shape, or form is this going to resemble what happened in Iraq. He doesn't want to go back into a war situation. As a matter of fact, I think twice he emphasized that there would not ever be an American combat fighting in Iraq again if under his watch if possible. He carefully described the fight against the Islamic State as a counterterrorism campaign. It's not a war or not even an armed conflict. He's basically trying to deter them or, or let them know what happened again, that we are the most powerful nation. And he cast as consistent with actions he's taken in the past, again, showing the example of things he's done but since he's been president and what our militia uh, basically is capable of doing. Um, I think he made it clear that he believes he already has the authority he needs to pursue the strategy that he laid out against the Islamic State. Uh, he also made it clear that he'd like to have Congress behind him if at all possible, but if they're not behind him, he does have the power to send troops or do whatever he feels necessary. He said he didn't shy away from the thought of direct lobbying the Congress to get behind him. He even stated uh, during the speech, he said, I can, I will call on Congress to give us additional authority and resources to train and equip new fighters. But if not, again, he made it clear that if he needed to, he could assert that power himself. And, uh, and one of the closer things I noticed from the president, um, they were kind of noticeably free or like this close to it, of kind of the um, getting together in the unity that he had talked about with other countries before. He had kind of made this clear that not only does he have the power, but that we can basically handle this ourselves. And if need be, we would do what has to be done to make sure that this threat does not come further into our country. Because, of course, this is on the uh, 
the eve, or I guess a week later, of two of our citizens being beheaded. And uh, they kind of shown the power of what they have. So I guess the president now is showing you that we can, you know, we, we can enforce truth. We can come in again. He referred back to what happened when he captured uh, Osama bin Laden. He went on to note that mm-hmm. the role the U.S. has played in beating back an ever-aggressive Russia. So he did remove that. So what happened to Russia? Our country worked to contain Ebola and the U.S. key country. You see what I did for the last one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he talked about the uh, the U.S.'s key contribution in reading Syria of chemical weapons, which, of course, was what happened when we last got together. We were talking about the uh, dangerous uh, chemicals that were in Syria. So that's kind of what the president did. He, he came and he told you what was going on. He told you what he planned on doing about it. And he reassured the American citizens that they should be safe and that this is what's going to take place if need be. And, again, I thought one of the most important things of the whole night was the fact that he did clearly state, I thought, that uh, – he could do this on his own. It'd be great if Congress behind him, we had one united front. But if need be, he would assert his power as president, uh, commander-in-chief, and do what he thought was necessary. Because the threat we have now is that, again, ISIS would get to the point where they are trying to not only kill and terrorize Americans over there, but that they, of course, could have people come here in this country to, again, show their power that they think they have. And that's kind of how wars take place, and we have events because other countries typically come and try to flex their muscle and show what they're capable of doing. And then in turn gets um, the president kind of up in arms and, again, gets our militia ready to respond. So that's how wars take place. And unfortunately, you never know when exactly you're living in a time of war. So that was the reason that he came because many people were wondering. Again, it's kind of unusual for the president to come out in the middle of the week and give us a state of the union where he specifically talks about a threat. Usually it's just things mm-hmm. happening, government things with money, but this was a what he considered a direct threat. And again, he was emphasizing this is what can take place. And then as of this moment, we should not really be afraid because America is safe. So we certainly will see how things transpire from that. But uh, those are some of the uh, points I did get from hearing the president on last Wednesday night. Now, on the same lines with the president, we're coming up on the uh, year anniversary, I guess, the second sign-up for the American Affordable Health Care Act. Now, um, mm-hmm. several things are taking place because this time last year we were trying to get more and more people enrolled and signed up and get you the initial information that you needed to become part of it. Well, there are a few things that are taking place. For roughly about 8 million people who signed up this year, the administration has set up an automatic renewal. But consumers who uh, who go that route may regret it because they, they, there's a kind of risk sticker shock by missing out on the low premium options, and they could get stuck with the outdated and possibly incorrect government subsidy. Automatic renewal kind of should be a last resort, according to a lot of consumer advocates, but it is something that is taking place for those that were already signed up. An additional 5 million people or so will be signing up for the first time. And, again, if people have not, the website is uh, healthcare.gov, and state of change websites, and it's really not hard to find once you start looking for it. But uh, November 15th to February 15th, open enrollment season, will be about half as long as it was last year, with a few overlaps for the holiday season. Um, of those enrolled this year, the overwhelming majority received tax credits to help pay their premiums because those subsidies are tied to income. Those 6.7 million consumers will have to file new forms in 2014 on their new tax credits to prove they got the right amount. Too much subsidy and their tax refund will be reduced. Too little and the government owes them, so it's going to be kind of tricky how that goes. And tens of millions of people who remain uninsured this year face tax penalties for the first time unless they can secure some kind of exemption showing why they are not fully covered. Again, it's the second open enrollment, but the first renewal and the first tax season where the requirements of the Affordable Health Care Act are in place. So 
the other things you have to be aware of, again, you're following one of two categories. Either you signed on last year, you're about to sign on now, or three, or you have some other option that you already had. But you have to have some kind of insurance. Again, that's when you start to be, um, you're going to see it in your taxes. You're going to see it in several different subsidies as to where you fall now. If, in fact, you have not signed up for the Affordable Health Care Act or some other type of insurance. And again, the president's all plan behind this is to have everyone covered as they do in many other countries. It is free in other countries where you have uh, some type of health care because you have so many, the numbers just keep going, of American citizens who are uninsured and have absolutely no health care. So, of course, when something happens to them, you, I, and other taxpaying citizens have to take care of someone if they're in an accident after the hospital. Uh, you all see the mm-hmm. shows all the time where they all have no insurance, no insurance. So that's what happens. You go in and now you've got thousands of dollars worth of stuff needs to be done. You have absolutely no kind of medical care. So, of course, that money has to be paid. And his president's plan was if it's got to be paid anyway, then these are some of the provisions we could do and actually reduce costs because you already will be insured if, of course, the old joke you hit by a car. You do have insurance to cover you. Where many, many Americans now don't have anything if a ladder was to fall on the head or whatever may happen, they have no insurance. <laughs> that's kind of where it falls down on. And we try to use those examples because, you know, that's what they always tell you. Something can happen unexpectedly, and I guess that's the example. A ladder falling your head, you get hit by a car. Fall you on your fall. head. <laughs> yeah, a ladder falling on your head, you have no insurance. Now we've got a big situation. Cause now who's going to come get you, what they're going to do, what's going to happen? You're not having insurance. should not be a factor, but it's a huge factor. It's even a factor in what hospital you go to and what kind of care you get. Because, obviously, if you have your own, you've already been going and have primary care that, you know, makes a little difference in things. And that's all he was trying to do with employing more and more citizens to be uh, covered. So, of course, with anything else that you do, when they don't do it or don't do it timely, you have to give them some kind of penalty. Just like getting your license or anything else, if you don't do it in a certain amount of time or a new thing, there's a penalty. So that's kind of what's happening with that. Uh, in a very interesting twist this weekend, me and several other people are just about tuning in and watching. Her former Republican presidential candidate, Mitt Romney, said there's no question in his mind that he would have been a more effective president than current President Obama. But he, he reiterates he has no plans to run again. He stated, my time has come and gone. This was during an interview he did with Fox News. Now, Romney cited continuing high U.S. unemployment, growing troubles abroad, and that some of those who voted for President Obama might now have some bias remorse, which, of course, is second thoughts on what you have made of uh, since the first time. Then he said he didn't want to dwell on the past. After saying all that, he stated how he didn't want to bring up the past. While admitting that he's made mistakes in his campaign and that the Obama campaign did a good job of picking up on them. So he didn't end this speech or end this talking by saying that uh, he's not running and has no plans on running for president again, but he certainly feels he would have been a more effective president had he been elected back in. 2014. So that's one of the ways to kind of make Romney stand relevant and being uh, interviewed and talked about and talked to on many of these uh, shows, the publications that we hear. A huge story out of South Carolina is the South Carolina Speaker of the House, Bobby Harrell, was indicted uh, on last Wednesday on charges of using campaign funds for personal expenses, filing false campaign disclosure reports, and misconduct in office. Seems like every month or two months we're talking about someone that's getting in trouble with some misconduct, mm-hmm. with some misappropriation of funds. So this is the um, South Carolina Speaker of the House. This is a very big deal. It's the first time in memory, anyone can remember, that a, a sitting House Speaker has been indicted. Now, the 58-year-old Harold is regarded as an especially powerful Speaker with control over apartments for numerous House committees, and he has very strong ties to several judges and justices. Now, Harold, who's a Republican from Charleston, used more than $90,000 of his campaign money to make payments for expenses for his personal airplane and additional 70000 in payments to salary for an unnamed administrative assistant 
who works for his private state farm, state farm insurance business, and one indictment that addressed the lad's false reporting. There always seems to be some kind of unnamed administrative assistant or someone working behind the scenes that no one quite knows who you are making this big salary. Now, in trying to conceal his alleged wrongdoing, Harry resorted to various schemes, including alerting different people in his uh, pilot log book about misinforming law law enforcement officers on purpose. He basically would come in and mislead and misguide people, give false information and false documents to kind of lead them away from many of the things he was doing. This all uh, came out when he was in court. Now, although all these indictments are misdemeanors, one count carries a maximum prison term of 10 years. It cannot be immediately determined whether the speaker will be suspended from the office he's held since June of 2005. Now, the South Carolina House Clerk's Office will review the indictments and see if they can lead the House suspension from office. Now, state law says a House member indicted for a felony or crime to carry a prison sentence of at least two years or violate state election laws must be suspended without pay by the speaker, and certainly he will fall into that category. Now, the indictments include an offense that can lead to a suspension. Harold can actually suspend himself or be suspended by the person next to the chain of command, who in this case would be House Speaker Pro Tem Jay Lucas from Darlington, South Carolina, according to the clerk's office, if in fact that were to take place. Now, the indictments followed months of legal fighting between Harold and South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson that took a trip through South Carolina Supreme Court before Wilson handed the case off to the uh, first circuit solicitor, David Pascoe, um, last year. So here you have an ongoing investigation where, again, the South Carolina House Speaker has been indicted. So that's a huge story, something that, man, you can live 50 more years and not hear someone in that position to be indicted because it means that a lot of people internally have known information, found information, have now put information out in the forefront. And then now his books, a lot of things that were uh, he talked about were kind of public into himself have now been exposed, and you see more and more things have happened. And you again, you have an indictment, and you have someone facing as much as 10 years in jail for misappropriation of funds. Again, whenever money is turned in for your campaign, it has to be used as such and documented and donated for everything they do. And they do that simply to keep our uh, integrity. Because if you were to make a $1,000 donation to someone's campaign, you wouldn't want them to turn that $1,000 and then do something to their car with it or fix up something that they own with it. You want it to be actually used for them running for office. That's why they have laws and how much money you can bring in, how much you can spend, what you spend it on. You have to release to the public how much money you have raised. So many times I come on and I tell you about different fundraising events where it may be $100 a plate, $500 a plate, and the money's proceeds are going to a candidate. The candidate has to list all of that money, all the money they've raised during their two year or four years to get back in office and what they've done with the money. So typically when someone runs and runs a lot, there's always money overlap because it's based on what their opponent has. Obviously, if you have a $100,000 campaign fund, I have a $5,000, you're not going to have to spend much of your money. So you spend enough to, you think, defeat me, put out what you need to put out, do all of your um, signs, billboards, posters, radio spots. And then whatever's left, if you run again, that money is transferred over to your next um, campaign. So that's why mm-hmm. all this, that's how you get indictments. That's how people get in trouble, because we know that there's money. We know money has been there. You have someone that's been in office since 2005. So you're going on now 10 years, they've close to 10 years, they've been in office. So that's how these situations happen. That's how you get misappropriation of funds, because we know the money's there, what was it spent on, and it's almost like you've got to produce that right now. And you've got to have people in mm-hmm. place keeping up with all your money. And that's how these things happen. Because all it takes is one, one breach, one thing here where it doesn't seem to add up. Now everything's got to be turned over. And that's kind of when the Pandora's box, if you will, is kind of opened up. And you see things take place more and more. So 
many people ask how this happened to so many politicians. That's one way. Now, the bribes and accepting money is probably the second most uh, popular way that they seem to get in trouble. But certainly misappropriation of funds is very high on the list for many, many politicians because you have readily available money. Again, you can have an account with $100,000 in it. It's just a matter if you write a check or keep your hands on it. And oftentimes that's kind of tempting to get other things done and you think you can replace it or you'll get this or you'll get that or they won't know that 1000 is missing out of 100000 And that's how things typically take place to get people in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one other thing of big note that's going to affect many, many citizens here in uh, Mecklenburg County is that Mecklenburg County commissioners have delayed their vote on two smoking ban ordinances that have been scheduled for Wednesday at their regular meeting. After hearing concerns from officials of the county's seven municipalities, commissioners decided they need to hear more input from the towns, and a new vote has not yet been set. Now, if approved, the ordinances would ban smoking on the grounds of all government buildings, including those owned by the towns, and ban all tobacco use at county-owned parks, greenways, and golf courses. Since commissioners comprise Mecklenburg's health board, they have the authority to regulate all government buildings in the county. So, again, it's kind of important to know that all the health board is run by the county commission. So, basically, they want to ban smoking. Ban smoking in all government buildings, again, those included that are owned by towns, and ban all tobacco use at country-owned parks, I'm sorry, county-owned parks, greenways, and golf courses. So, basically, we won't even be able to smoke out there. So, slowly mm-hmm. but surely, on one end, they're eliminating smoking. But as I told you, each week that we do this, legalization of marijuana seems to be going in more and more states. So it's kind of in one way they don't want you smoking cigarettes anywhere around the building anywhere, but we're getting closer and closer, it seems, as if to legalize the marijuana. Right? I guess you wouldn't be able to smoke that anywhere either, even though you have a right to do it. That's where it falls in with cigarettes. Because many people are saying they have a constitutional right to smoke a cigarette. And they're saying you can, but not here, and not here, and not here, and not here. And they got a list of places that you cannot smoke. And the list seems to grow more and more. And that's what they're voting on now as to where you can and cannot smoke. Uh, one good thing, I guess, or one thing that is taking place, we now seem to see some kind of distance separating, at least a little bit, T. Hagan and Cobb Tillis. Because I say good because it's been such a nip and tight race, hard to determine if anything's taking place from some of the debates they've had. So, so, uh, certainly a lot of the politicking they've gone out and done, it's like it's been a dead even or even kill for so long. But it's certainly of North Carolina likely voters. So Democratic, U.S. Senator K. Hagan holding a narrow lead over Republican Senator Tom Tillis with about, it's close to what, about two months before election day. This is released by the Elon University. They have a poll that released last week, which shows about 45% of those likely to vote in favor of Senator Hagan, about 41% in favor of Mr. Tillis, who is the state House Speaker. So we have the same job here that we just talked about in South Carolina. 9% say they would vote for someone else, and about 5% are still undecided. And that happens many times with races. It comes down to the wire. And each time I talk about them, I can't emphasize enough how large a race this is because it's going to help swing the pendulum of the Republican-led House that we have right now. If, in fact, they could get this seat and get another seat in the state of North Carolina, it certainly would make that look even larger than they already have now in the Senate. It's certainly uh, Republican-led and it would have a huge bang here in the state because we have a Republican governor in Pat McCory. So you'd be looking at Republican senator, Republican governor. So, of course, you're going to have a Republican agenda, just as it would be if it was a Democratic side. And that is kind of unusual for the state of North Carolina because, again, this is the first Republican governor we've had in many, many years. So it has been a Democratic state for so long. So imagine having that and senators that are Republican. So, um, very interesting situation, something certainly to keep the light on and keep aware of what is happening with Kay Hagan and Tom Tillis. 
I don't think there's any uh, larger race for a senator, or certainly not no one that's no more significant than these two individuals running as we get closer and closer to um, the first weekend, first week of November and going out and voting. So we're getting closer and closer to that illustrious day. And that will be certainly one of the biggest, perhaps, changes that we will have and have seen in quite a while when you see the Republican-led um, state as it will be in that situation. So those are just some of the things uh, that are kind of happening uh, this week. And, again, there's always things taking place. You can never see or hear enough things taking place politically. And as I urge each one to do each and every week, if you just watch the first five minutes of news, there's never going to be a time. If there is, I would love for someone to chat it down and tell me when, that they watch the first five minutes of news. There's not been anything political discussed. Um, there's never going to be a time you read the front page of a paper and there's nothing politically discussed because it affects us in so many ways, even from laws that are passed down, even some of the things going on now in the NFL that's been all haywire. Many of those things are dealt with power politically because the people that are in that are making decisions, especially in the courtrooms. These are people that are elected officials and how they get in those positions and what they have power to do and not to do. So um, there's never a way to escape it. It's around you all the time, which is the next one thing because it makes you more aware, especially when it affects you. It makes you more and more aware of what's taking place. So, um, again, those are things I encourage. Uh, anytime the president's on, certainly you want to hear that. But you do want to watch the first five minutes of news, want to read the newspaper, or at least look at the front page. Anytime you log on to Yahoo News or anything, you're going to see that. And uh, you just be amazed at more and more things you see politically. We do want to encourage people to continue to write in and comment at the AF by going to my fan page. The easiest way to do that is to go into Facebook. You're going to go to Valerie Sun. V-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun. On there, you will see the link to Talking Politics. When you go on to Talking Politics, you will see stories that we've done here on the show, stories we've talked about, but maybe I didn't go over here that you've seen that are relevant to what we're discussing. And you're going to be able to see upcoming, some upcoming events or some things that you will have an opportunity to maybe alert me of or talk about that I have not seen or heard. So that is your greatest opportunity to do that when you log on to Talking Politics. But uh, you can also get the app, which the, uh, the app I go to the most on my phone is um, when you go into it, it's going to allow you not only to hear my show, but you're going to be able to hear several other segments and several other shows that are taking place. When you go to This Needs to Be Said, this is the elephant. You click on again, it's a very informative site that uh, just gives you a litany of great information from a lot of people that are part of this conglomerate, I guess, that we do have here with This Needs to Be Said. So I can't encourage people enough to do that, and I certainly am thankful for all the people that have reached out to me as well as Catherine with political questions. So just be inquiring about things that are happening politically, and again, not only in North Carolina, but in your particular state, region, area. All right. Thank you. Every week I, I'm just thinking about you, <laughs> President Obama. So we, you seen what happened to the last guy. <laughs> so he had to come yes. and be clear. <laughs> You had to be clear because now that. you start, you, you may be hating our citizens. So yes, he has to make it clear that you see what happened. So how we need to do this, we yeah. can do it, I guess. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you back on next week. Thank you, Valerie Sun, for talking politics with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened and risen. Uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Fine, thanks, in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. 
Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.